Folks, welcome to an episode of The Artenders with Mac and Dan. I am Dan. He is Mac. Hi, y'all. We're, we're, do- <laughs> we're doing a wonderful episode uh, on the film titled Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, released in 2022, directed by and written by the Daniels, uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, and it is starring uh, Michelle Yeoh, uh, Stephanie Hsu, and... Kihui Kwan, and it is a movie about, uh, it's like multiverses that are sort of, uh, you know, multi-dimensional, multiverses, multi-realities, uh, converging, yeah, multi, <laughs> it's a multiple of them, uh, converging <laughs> on one, and like, it's just this regular woman, and she is sort of dragged into this entire mess of, um, a- adopting realities, and so, like, she adopts a, the reality of her being a kung fu master, and so like she kind of learns that and and you know inhabits that for like a second, and then she learns in this reality to become a kung fu master. It's very very convoluted, but it is a story about love and familiar relationships and forgiveness, and we are going to discuss it on this mm. podcast mm-hmm. where Let's we uh, discuss movies and and sometimes TV shows, and and eventually maybe we'll do plays or, or books, and sometimes video games and music, whatever, and, you know, in order to better learn as artists to, you know, better, better understand what's going on, you know, beneath the surface. So, yeah. Mac, even though... Alternate podcast name. Beneath the surface. Beneath the surface? Yeah. I, I suppose. I suppose. The artender's colon beneath the surface. That's too long. Yes. But, <laughs> um, but so, Mac, even though that this was my pick, you were hearing extensive things about this oh, movie, yeah. how great this movie was, according to individuals uh, who have seen it prior to yeah. us needing to see it for this podcast. So, um, what, how were those expectations met? assuming that those expectations were met when people were telling you, hey, this is one of, if not the best movie I've ever seen, yeah. and then you see it, what was the juxtaposition on that? Because I, mm. I, I, mean, I, I think I could comfortably say that both of us think this is a great movie. Easily. Through and through a great movie, and we could say on the front end, you should watch this movie. It's yes. worth a watch. Yes, absolutely. And it's definitely unique and definitely incredibly stylized, but also well done for the most part in that sense. Right, right. But the juxtaposition um, between uh, expectation and reality, what was that for you? I think that, uh, just like you said, I think most people, if not all people that I know that have seen the film, uh, can agree that... This is in the upper tier of movies ever made. Probably, well, easily in the top one percent. But it's it's just, um, it, it is absolutely a great movie. The debate to be had is where it falls in that in that list of yeah. great movies. Whether or not like this movie is a perfect movie. Exactly. It, it, exactly. You're That's correct. what it is. Because I think most people can agree yes. this is a great, fantastic movie. Yes. And I think. There, there is a discussion to be had on whether or not this is a perfect movie. Yeah, because there, there are some people that are claiming that it is, you know? And, and I, th- I think that's the main reason that I wanted so bad to watch it that I'm glad you picked it yeah. is because um, whenever someone makes that claim, that is a very bold claim. Yeah, definitely a uh, prisoner of the moment-esque sort of claim. Right. Like right after you watch it and like, I've never seen anything like this, therefore it is perfect. Right. You know, where, so, where like even though you have never seen anything like it, that doesn't necessarily mean I also saw, never saw anything like um, Limitless with Bradley Cooper. 
Uh, but I can I can very easily say that's not the best movie ever made. Or Looper with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I, that's I don't a great think, movie. Yeah. A, again, great oh, movie. I love that movie. Way not the best movie ever made or no, perfect by no. any means. Um, yeah, and and so uh, so really trying to make sure that you know we we see this movie not through rose-colored lenses, but that but that we see um, but that we see it for what it is. And also maybe it's standing in terms of uh, history and, and, and the timeline of you know, movie making and whatnot. Sure. So the big comparison to be made um, is uh, between this movie and Parasite. I know a lot of people keep comparing it to Parasite, and this really? is why. This is why. It has nothing to do with the fact that it is an Asian-led film. I know no, that's, a, I, that's I, I, no, Hold on, hold on. I think that's a contributing factor. I think... I think people are pulling the race thing. If people are pulling the race thing, that is tragic and should not be the case and is is very inappropriate. But I think that the reason that, for instance, I was thinking of Parasite um, whenever I watched the movie is because Parasite is the most perfect movie in recent memory. Yeah. In, in my opinion, as well as I think was a popular opinion. Everyone that I know that saw Parasite was talking about the fact that that's one of the best movies ever made, uh, regardless of if, if it's your favorite, just yeah. in terms of technique. I do think Parasite is one of those movies that is like near, if not perfect. Yes. I don't think it's as good on the second watch, which I yeah. I believe I said, but like in terms of first watch as as consumption, as a film, it's, yeah. That is as, as good as it gets. Not and to be so- confused with as good as it gets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Starring Jack Nicholson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Didn't you make a, a, a comparison to that movie recently? Another time, I, I'm I sure I've um, made that joke before. I'm, it's I'm not, no yeah, starring Jack Nicholson, 1997, Helen Hunt uh, and Greg Kinnear and Cuba Gooding Jr. Okay, way underrated that man. Way underrated, Cuba Cuba Gooding Jr. Wow, um, nice stumble there. Well, it's yeah, I, I I didn't know, so I just wanted to cover my ass. So, okay. um, but but, the comparison. but there's there's always a comparison being made between uh, or there has been a comparison being made between Parasite and Everything Everywhere All at Once, and it's purely because it's like, okay, so if we know Parasite is Jack Nicholson as good as it gets, uh, what do we what do we think of, of this movie? Because everyone's claiming that this is now as good as it gets. This is now the perfect movie. Um, so, so they're kind of, you know, it's sort of a rivalry in the same way that maybe Parasite was being compared to, compared, compared to whatever perfect movie came before it. But anyways, the social network. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm glad we watched it. I think that I'm glad that I've had some separation from it because if we recorded this podcast directly after I watched the movie, yeah. I would be saying – I would be a prisoner of the moment. Just like you were yeah. saying, I would be saying that it's the best movie of all time. Well, because it's the movie is so focused on the emotional journey. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for saying that because we were just talking to your girlfriend, one of my best friends, Shama. Yeah. Um, who was uh who was here, who's been on the podcast before, and uh talking about the movie. And the very first thing that um that she said was, I'm I'm mad because I went in with with super high expectations and I feel like I would have liked it more if I didn't have those expectations. Yeah. Um Which is totally and, fair. Well, totally fair, absolutely. And I was trying to remind her uh, you know, I, I didn't watch the movie yet. Like, I was just telling you what other people told me. But you made a point, yeah, to I, make I it did. clear that, like, this is what I have heard. Exactly. Which, I did. I did. You, you love, listen, I do. listen, you love giving these sort of, like, little thoughts or teasers or whatever. Yes. Whether they're your own or somebody else's in regards to showing somebody True. something else. So in the case of this film, you were extensively telling Shama and I, hey, I've heard this is a perfect thing. And then when you showed the big game to Travis Carroll, who did a little segment for 
that episode, you said this is raging doo doo fire. You know, you Pretty didn't. Much, I, that yeah. was but, I was but, but, misquoting, yeah. but you <laughs> yeah. know, yeah, you're right. Though, but there's, um, yeah, I, I think the big game is a different thing. But I, I think the main reason that I I really try to you know push movies and whatnot is because I think that if I just said it was a good movie, yeah there'd be a lot less likelihood of you guys actually watching it. Mm-hmm. And I think that because I gave you the same review or told you the same review that made me feel like I had to watch it. Yeah. We all felt like we had to watch it. Yeah. So I'm glad we did. Yeah. But understood. And I think that it, we, I, I agree. It probably would have been better otherwise. The, and, and, and also I, cause I know that because I had the same experience, right. Um, was, uh, I, I went in with super high expectations. It was a great time. And then after the fact, the longer I've stayed away from it, the, the more I have, um, it's, it's kind of, hit me the, the yeah. reality of it so let's talk about the reality of it or let's actually talk about the emotional experience first and then get to that well i i, I actually want to just ask this question before we get into uh-huh. all of that and it's a simple yes or no question is this movie then in your heart of hearts a perfect movie no. yes or no 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 and i agree yeah even though it's fantastic um would you say this is and not every movie can be perfect like it's yeah. like whatever you know like I'll, that's not a bad thing i'm gonna ask two questions back to back it's okay. not gonna go on forever it's it they'll feel like questions that will but they're not okay. um would you say this is an easy top 50 movie of all time oh that's i mean i think it's worth having the conversation yeah yeah right i, I don't think it's an easy top 50 but like do you think that it could be it's very likely to be in a lot of people's top 50 yeah do you think that there's a possibility that it could be top 10 it shouldn't be. Okay, there we go. Yeah, okay, that, that, that was it. I was just wondering. Because I, I definitely don't think it... I think we can all agree that it's not number one. But yeah. I think that it... That, that, that gives you a frame of reference for... In terms of, like, the scope of history where it might, where it might lay. Yeah. Um, so the... Not as good as it gets. It's not. It's not as good as it gets. It's not as good as it gets. You're right. So um, I think, uh, yeah, this this emotional journey, like you were talking about, is what really props this movie up. Um, because the execution of the movie is um, something that we don't see a whole lot. And there were a lot of images that I saw in the movie. We kind of talked about this with Jordan Peele and whatnot. There were a lot of images in this movie that I was not familiar with or mm-hmm. had not seen before on screen, uh-huh. which which was a big deal, you know? Um and and that was accomplished well, in terms of technique and whatnot. It was not perfect by any means, but the main, like the heart of the story, the uh, not only the dad's experience watching uh, his daughter grow up and his daughter's relationship with the mother, as well as the actual relationship with, between the mother and the daughter. Yeah, there were, although again, like in terms of arc not perfect, there were su- such beautiful moments, specific moments yeah. that you can tell that uh, it, it just felt like the type of thing that whoever wrote or directed this, it came to them in a dream type thing, you know? Yeah. Like, they, they imagined these specific pictures or these specific moments or these specific nuggets. Yeah. Um, and so if, if, we're, if we're looking at this movie from a Martin Scorsese's perspective, which I know, but Martin Scorsese always says, like, his big thing is a movie is just a collection of moments. That's what he says. Mm. And that makes sense with his movies because... So much more than that. Bro. Right. But if you look at his movies, that does make sense that he thinks that. It is, it's a gross generalization, but, yeah. in, accurate but like, in some, m- accurate in some way. Yeah. Most Martin Scorsese movies are incredibly long, kind of aimless, but have amazing moments. Yeah. And I think that that was kind of this movie. Mm. was incredibly long, kind of aimless at moments, but had amazing moments. Like amazing little scenes that were incredibly long, amazing moments all at once. 
Yeah. Alternate title. Yeah, alternate Another title. Alternate title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So, so for you then, yeah. what stops it from being as good as it gets? So it's, um, it's sort of towards the ending, right? And and in a sort of uh thematic sort of way. There there are a few things that are going on that it feels like a big part of the the biggest relationship that the film tries to focus on is the relationship between Evelyn, the mother played by Michelle Yeoh, and uh her daughter, uh Joy, played by Stephanie Shu. And that is what the movie is trying to achieve as the biggest relationship. And I guess in terms of screen time, Right, it is the biggest relationship, uh, and in yeah. terms of uh, and in terms of protagonist versus antagonist, right? right? In that traditional sense of structure. However, in the ex- actual execution of the film, I was ten times more interested in the relationship between Evelyn and her husband Wayman. Yeah, I was much more interested yeah. in that, and I think I'm not sure if the movie was trying to focus more on the relationship between the mother and the daughter more so than the um the mother and her husband or if it was trying to like balance both of those but it it did consistently feel like the main focus of the movie was not to have the biggest relationship be between Evelyn and Wayman that felt like the that relationship was supposed to be a stepping stone to something else yeah. but for me that was the most special relationship in the film. Yeah. And so that it, so it sort of loses its, loses its way there. Then there was a sort of thing where it did feel like four different climaxes happen yeah. at the end. And it's not like the final climax, which is like the closure between the mother and the daughter. Like it didn't necessarily feel too much bigger than the other ones, right? Like Evelyn had to experience four, five different climaxes just to get to that last one right. which it just felt like very like somebody just punching you in the face just right. really really hard right. more than once and you're like jesus christ like okay you know yeah. and and then it's it's a bit of a structural thing at the end as well where so she has the climax with her father right and she's upset evelyn realizes she's upset at her father for like letting her go right yeah. she in the sort of like backstory she runs off to America with Wayman to start a new life with her when they were yeah. living in, I presume, China. And so she does that, and then she has a realization of, with her father, like, why did you let me go, right? Her father is a prominent, uh, like, character in this film, for the most part, right? It's it's particularly in the sense of, like, how he influence, uh, influences Evelyn's decision, right? His name is Gong Gong, and he's played by James Hong. So... She has that experience, right? But then later on, like, I don't know, probably like 10 minutes later tops, she has the journey of letting her daughter go. Of course, then she realizes, wait, no, I can't let my daughter go, right? But it doesn't really make structural sense for the protagonist to learn, hey, that's shitty that my father let me go. Why did he let me go? And then 10 minutes later, she lets her daughter go. Yeah. And, like, of course, like I said, she, you know, turns back on that. But structurally, it doesn't feel sound. Right. It, it feels like she should let her daughter go, then realize, oh, my dad let me go. Exactly. That's not okay, so I shouldn't let her exactly. go. Exactly. That is yeah. structurally yeah. how that should have happened. Yeah. yeah. And so... And and once again, it's it's that sort of like beating you in the face with climaxes of realizing her father let her go. Why did 
he do that i and then realizing and finding in her heart to still love him and have them love each other right and then that experience ish you know with her husband now of like learning to love and learning to lead with love and learning to trust and learning to just believe in the world with her husband right and then and then it's the relationship with her daughter and then letting her go but then real and like that feeling like a climax but then realizing oh wait a second no i can't let her go and don't worry all before that there's also the faux ending of the film right the film pulls like a fake ending which is actually really well done i actually really like it but that feels like a climax in the film as well of like this is it. This is the end of my life. Then there's another feels like climax in the film shortly after that where um, <laughs> it's kind of weird, but like Evelyn's daughter in another dimension becomes this like supernatural being that uh doesn't find the meaning in life anymore and yeah. like nothing matters, right? And that's her MO essentially and yeah. tries to bring her, her mother to realize, hey, nothing freaking matters. Do whatever you want. And that can like lead to anarchy and chaos. And so that's another sort of climax right there in, like, I guess, like, that would be in the second act. So I guess, like, climax of the second act, I guess, yeah. uh, where Evelyn is going through the experience of nothing matters. So let me just rain down on shit. I don't care what happens. Yeah. Right? There are, there are consistent, like, big moments in this film over and over again. So the last, like, hour, it doesn't freaking stop which in some capacities like that can be a good thing but i think in the sort of just structural storytelling not so much and but i will say in the emotional journey yeah i thought this movie was very very successful yeah and so what it felt like to me was the movie was a lot more interested in the emotional journey of what those particular characters are going on and then how that's going to influence the audience, right? Yeah. As opposed to, like, making a cohesive story in the back half of the entire thing. And also, with that being said, like, this is a film about, like, adopting and adapting to, like, a different reality that you could have lived, learning those abilities, and then, like, all of a sudden, now you're a kung fu master, or now you're uh, you're able to spin a sign really easily, or now you're a kung fu master right. with just your pinkies, right? Like, which we do need is, to get into that, by the way. We yeah. need to get into the whole multiverse type uh, uh, approach. Yeah, but that that is super duper difficult to do. Yeah. And so, with that being considered and looked at, like, I think the movie is incredibly successful in that regard, right? Yeah. A, being able to tell a story and to juggle 20,000 balls at the same entire at same exact time. However, of course, things are going to slip through the cracks. Yeah. And so even though the emer- the emotional journey is superb in my opinion, yeah. that doesn't mean the actual structure of the story itself is as superb right. as the emotional journey is. On that, I think that and this this might be a sizzle serve. I don't know. Whoa, whoa. Might be a sizzle serve. Oh. Um, double down, double down. It is a sizzle serve. This is a sizzle serve. Um, you tell me, basically, uh, if this is a sizzle serve or not. I think that what's frustrating about this for me, but also what makes it so appealing to most people, mm-hmm. is that there is a perfect movie that exists in this movie. Yeah. And I think that, honestly, because uh, this was something that we were talking to, uh, to Shama about before she left, is that it? A lot of it comes down to the writing. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure. I think that there are 
some problems that could have been solved via writing, but I also think that most of the problems that we have could have been solved in the editing room. I think that if they took a longer time and tested this with more audiences Uh or or, or maybe... uh, maybe tried a couple more things in the editing room or granted themselves a little bit more time, they probably could have cranked out something that yeah. was a little closer to perfect. Yeah. Um, like, for instance, I think that... Uh, uh, I mean, what you were talking about with the... Um, Evelyn, like, when she finds out that her like that that her dad left her and like like having that emotional experience and everything, as well as the um, her leaving her daughter, I think that that can honestly kind of be solved in editing. If you put those moments a little bit closer together or yeah. if you like, like maybe, yeah, like you cut out the space in between or if you even flip flop those moments. Um, I think another one that is, uh, that could very easily have been solved. That is probably my biggest knock on the film. If I was going to pick anything um, is that it, because it has the multiple climaxes. Um, I think that you can stop those, those moments from feeling like climaxes in pacing. I think because the movie is so damn fast, which is fun. Which is funny also because the yeah. movie is over two and a half hours long. Right. But, no, but, but, but I mean like because the film is going at such a fast pace yeah. the whole time. Um, it has too many moments where it slows all the way down. And I think that if they were more careful about the moments where it slows down, okay. it would have not felt as long. What is there a particular moment that you're so like for on instance about? I like the uh whenever they're rocks <laughs> yeah I in the rock universe whatever about that. yeah and it's just text on screen love that moment to God, death it's one of the so I, fun for some reason even though I forgot about it yeah that's one of my favorite moments in the film oh it was amazing it was it was amazing it was brilliant because they placed that moment where it was yeah. which was about thirty minutes before the movie was over it was just too hard of a slam on the brakes mm-hmm. because we slammed the brakes so hard and sat in absolute silence in that theater yeah. for like two straight minutes although it was fun and a really good idea and it was a very good moment yeah it felt too slow Abrupt. too closing yeah. yes yes um because i mean it, it's almost like uh and, and, like, if you're going to do that, you can only do that once. That's what I'm saying, right. Is, is that, and, and, and I did it a couple times. Um, and, it, I mean, that, that, was the, that was the most amazing part of the film. And the reason that it was so uh, breathtaking and the biggest hindrance is that it granted itself full permission. Yeah. And the full permission that it gave itself allowed them to explore so many ideas that were so fun and very easy to buy into. Mm, yeah. As well as it, it made it... Um, very, very chaotic and 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 difficult to, uh, uh, d- difficult to put your finger on the. I feel like the story or most stories should feel like uh, a road trip, in mm-hmm. that you, whenever you get in a road trip, right, you like pack up the car, yeah, and we need to have a moment where we're packing up the car, and then we need to, like, drive down the road a little bit before we get on the highway, and then we're on the highway. And we can stay on the highway for as long as we want. But once we slow down, I don't want to get back on another highway. I, I want to I be at my destination. Yeah. And so the fact that we slowed down so many times felt like I was caught in traffic. Yeah. Not, you know what I mean? <laughs> it, it, felt, it, it, it didn't feel like I arrived at my destination. Sure. It felt like I just kept slamming the brakes. Yeah. I hope that analogy tracked. No, I think it does. It, 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 that, that's what it felt like. And it was frustrating a couple times. Yeah. Um, did, you, did you feel like there were, there were uh, 
Any other glaring issues that were that were missing? Glaring issues? No, I like that. I think that's that's the biggest one, yeah. right? Yeah. And I, I guess like glaring issues that like because also the movie is so fast and it's not. It's just trying to introduce you the concept. It's one of those that like it's built on this concept and it's trying to introduce you on the concept. But it's not trying to focus too hard on the structure of the concept and how the concept works, yes. right? Yes. I and was about so, to talk about that. But and so what that does, right? That I mean that works in twofold, right? Like that can succeed for the movie where like obviously this is not the focus. We don't want it to be the focus. So we're going right. to focus on something else. Right. You know, even though that the concept of this movie is the multiverse adapting realities that could have happened and you're learning all those skills and traits and whatnot, you know, hot dog fingers, whatever. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> hot dog fingers. You, you know, you. But the can't... fact that I actually started to care about hot dog universe was hilarious. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is like a benefit to that, yeah. right? Oh, and, yeah. oh yeah. But then it's also like the moment you try to sit down and think about like how this works, because it's going so fast. The movie doesn't let you think that think uh, stop and think about this. But if you give yourself the moment to stop and think, it's very very confusing. For example, that Wayman all of a sudden is like inhabited by this like different reality of like alpha Wayman. And somehow he's like channeling in, but he's channeling in and out, but I don't understand why. And I'm not sure if it's because the movie didn't explain it properly or if the movie just didn't like explore it more yeah. or like it, it just like, cause I believe I would like to believe rather that like conceptually in the writer's room between the two Daniels and, and, maybe whoever was helping them edit and whatnot, that, like, they understand perfectly how, like, the rules of that world yeah. work, right? Yeah. But because it's so not the focus, they kind of brush it aside and put it under the rug I for guess, this yeah. film. And so, like, I don't necessarily understand, like, conceptually how some of these rules and elements and properties work for uh inhabiting a different body when you're in one reality as opposed to like taking the traits from this but even then like taking the traits from this so then do you need this like bluetooth headset thing to like tap on to, in order to like actually adopt those abilities but i don't think evelyn always had those on so how does she adopt the abilities of you know different realities and other right. characters that i think don't didn't have them on either like it was it was very con yeah. very confusing rule structure and then it was another thing of like then how, how did like joe butapaki uh who was uh joy uh who uh realized that nothing matters joe butapaki uh, but like how did she then like control the minds of some of these was she controlling minds and I, it was so weird yes. in that sense yeah. and unexplored right which in some ways it's fine but there's so much in the unknown and because the movie is going so fast that the moment you think about it you're like what like then it can sort of feel things were happening for plot convenience uh yes 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 yes, yes. and for things to keep them you know the story going as opposed to like honoring the rules that you have laid out for yourself um and i i think that it's worth talking about this this idea that there is a line there is a yeah. line between it's brilliant because they didn't talk about it too much. Yeah. And I wish they would have talked about it a little more because I was kind of confused at times. Yeah. And I'm wondering what about this movie, because I think that we might be able to agree that although there are there a couple moments of fault, overall, we were able to say or, or, or come out of it saying, 
I'm really glad they didn't talk about it too much because that wasn't the center of the story. Yeah. I'm wondering where that happens, though. Like, wh- why do we think that... Why do we think that this it's okay for, for this movie to not talk about it too much? But if there are other movies that don't perfectly explain things, that, that that's frustrating to us or that's a knock on the movie. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. Um, and that's something that I think that we should uh, maybe dive back into after a word from our sponsor. Sure. All right, Danio. Let's get into this. So why, why are we able to watch this movie, see all of its faults, as not all of its faults, but a lot of its faults as victories rather sure. than faults, um, because there are. I mean, I'm still seeing them as faults. Mm. I mean, like I'm able to acknowledge them as faults and move on. You know, I'm, right. I'm not gonna like. But I guess why the move on? Why the move on? Because yeah. I think the movie succeeds really, really well in other places, and like mm. it's one of the things that like it's not like the movie is trying to focus on the things that are generally unexplored or unexplained, right? How is there a reality where raccoonie is a, is a real thing? Where there is a raccoon in a in a chef's uh, hat uh, at, yeah. a, at a hibachi restaurant, and uh, clearly trying to you know obviously like ratatouille, you know, yeah. but which is still one of the funniest moments. So in the funny, film. so funny, it's so funny. Yeah, and I'm sure it started just purely because the you know they I'm actually sure somebody had the mom. accidentally said exactly, raccoonie exactly and just like wait a second what if we actually just have a raccoonie reality yeah. right like how can there be a kung fu master with pinkies yeah how can there be a reality where there are like hot dog fingers right right where like that's actually started <laughs> it's a really funny clip in the film because they have they do this like flashback but to like millions and millions of years ago where there's two apes fighting and the ape that wins actually has hot dog fingers yeah yeah instead yeah. of the, the the regular ape with regular fingers that's that's the one that dies so in this reality the hot dog fingers ape right. killed all the regular fingered ape and well, so that's how that's how reality there becomes are it certain moments in this film that baffle me because uh after me and my girlfriend emma watched this movie we instantly started researching almost as much as possible. Like, yeah. wh- who are these people? Where they come from? Like, what, what, I mean, the, the Daniels specifically, yes. right? And, and, they, they, and they also into... directed like Swiss Army Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> very different movies than this, um, <laughs> to be honest. But, but, but strange and absurdist and conceptual in that in in that case, you know, all the, all yeah. the same, right? Yeah, yeah. We're just like they're focused on the, the wackiness, the craziness, and not trying to explain. I mean, I haven't seen Swiss Army Man, so maybe it's not so much for that. It's not nearly as fun as this movie. But they don't try to, like, do a deep dive into the explanation of that because that's not the most interesting thing. And it's also, like, this movie is already almost three hours long. Imagine trying to sink in more time into the explanation of everything, right? right. Like, it's fine to say, hey, this movie doesn't really explain it, and that's a knock against this movie, but I can also see myself as a producer or a director or a writer of, like, we don't have time for that. Right, right. You know, like, that's that's going to have to just be a criticism. And we're gonna have to live with that and bite it. Would you have been willing to watch a longer movie? Uh, oh, I would have been willing to watch like two or three movies. I don't know mm. if I would have been willing to watch one longer movie though. Yeah, you know. I think this kind of sinks into our uh, our talk of. I mean, wh- why not start playing with the idea of reintroducing intermissions in yeah. movies? Yeah, you know what honestly, I mean? yeah. Um. Uh. 
My God, I mean, there's just like so many things. Like, especially like I think this, this movie and the Batman. It's just like I gotta freaking pee, guys. Right, I gotta pee, and I don't want to miss the film. Yeah, no, no, no. And honestly, I think that there are both those films specifically, especially those two films. Um, which is funny because like we've been going to the movies recently, and we've been consistently having this experience at this point that uh, a lot of these movies could have benefited. From having intermissions. And maybe like part of it too. I Because I remember having this experience when this was like our second or third episode. When we reviewed Seven Samurai. Yeah. And that movie, it's like four hours long. But it had an intermission. And it was great. Yeah. No, that I was perfect. I loved that. And part of it too is like I was able to pause it. Right. And then take a longer personal intermission. Yeah. Right. But there was like structurally in the film is like we're gonna take a break here. Mm-hmm. So you know I went out, I got a cup of coffee, you know, yeah. I had a snack. Like it was like splendid. It was yeah. a beautiful day out. I was having the best of times. I think that that might be the problem. Is what uh, if you were to make an intermission in the movie theaters, how long would you make it? I mean, ten I fifteen minutes. Yes, but I'm just. I, I mean, maybe maybe even shorter, right? Like, maybe, like, 5 mm. to 10, right? Because, like, the movies are not so much of a communal experience as they, like, as they used to be. And yeah. they're much more of, of a commercial experience, right? Where Whereas the theater, the theater is right. still much of a, a community experience. Oh, yeah. So when you have an intermission, you go out and you converse and, and you share experiences with others. But for... For a movie theater, it's there's not. I mean, who's there? Two other people in in the audience, and I feel like I just dabbled in five different dialects at once. But <laughs> yeah, but like you go to a movie, and there's only like two other. I mean, there was literally only two other people in the movie theater with yeah. us when we watched this film. Yeah. Like it's not the same as it used to be. And so the most you could do, what, go go get a snack, right? Uh, pee. But that's what I'm thinking. That's it's like- really it. And like that's also what you would do in a traditional theater space when there's a play. But like yeah. there's much more of like a community of like everybody's in that sphere mm-hmm. per se. I don't know. And there's also like wine there too. So I get. I don't know. Yeah. That's a, that, I, I that's like a tricky thing. Th- but that th- might th- change th- the the layout of a movie theater. But this could this movie have benefited from an intermission? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, 100%. I th- I think there's there's a version of this movie that has an intermission. I'm not sure. I'd like I to it, live in yeah. the reality uh where you know movies still have intermissions. There I said it. Yeah. You know? That's the biggest sizzle serve we've had on the show. That so like, far. you know, so there are plays that are 90 minutes, you know, and you're in and out, boom boom pap, right? No yeah. intermission. But then there are plays that are like two hours or so, and there's an intermission. And, you know, I'm not saying, there. you know, every movie has to have an intermission, but I won't say no. Yeah. You know? And I th- when I, I saw The Hateful Eight and there was an intermission, I was like, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. I was so happy. Yeah. I, I think that there is something about, um, there's something about this movie especially that I think that if they would have had an intermission, they would have granted themselves a little more permission to make the movie a, t- a tad bit longer. Yeah. And I, I actually think that this movie could have been a little bit longer if, yeah. if they really wanted it to be. But and now, but I, I said it out loud and it was actually the first time I, th- I thought about this. Um, but let's say, would you have perhaps preferred as opposed to just one movie through this one arc, mm. maybe like two or three movies that yeah. go through these arcs, right? Like, so I'm thinking in my head and I'm processing this in real time, by the way, but I'm thinking in my head, maybe the first movie is about Evelyn and her relationship with her father. Mm-hmm. And then the second movie is about the relationship with her husband. And then the third movie is relationship with her daughter. 
right? Uh, and then there are different trials and tribulations throughout all three of those films. And, like, the core of it is maybe, like, the multi multiversal stuff, but maybe, like, in, like, the start of the second movie is her having lost the ability, you know, to do any of that, right? So maybe she's stuck in this different reality, and mm -hmm. maybe, like, she's in a different multiverse, right? She's in a different reality, and she has to navigate through that, right? Yeah. And still kind of having learned the experiences uh, from the past film, right? Like, structurally, stuff like that. Would um, you have been interested in that? And I don't think it's necessarily the right answer, or yeah. the correct answer, as yeah. opposed to, like, a longer film or just this film by itself, but I'm curious at the, the thought of it. I think I would go maybe a slightly different route in that I I don't think that I would have been been up for uh Evelyn and and her story for a, a full three movies. Yeah. Um or even two movies necessarily. And I I think that if you were to drag the one story out uh from her perspective in that way over three movies, I think that you'd be a little tiny bit abandoning the, the original concept of yeah. like fast paced in your face. That is true. Type stuff. Yeah. I think though, I think that it'd be super interesting to have this movie and then now uh, tell me the same story um, and grant yourself similar permission, but from uh, the dad's perspective. Mm -hmm. Um or like tell tell the same story uh, with similar permission from the uh, uh, from the daughter's perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it be like a radically different movie, um, like different genre, different everything. I, yeah. I think that 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 that's a concept. I don't know if it would have worked with this, but yeah. actually, I'm I'm kind of getting excited about that the, now. The thing is, and like uh, maybe it's a sort of prisoner of sorts for a lot of us, where like. Yeah, not every movie has to be a part of a franchise. Yeah, like, and I and I also appreciate this movie for not being a part of a franchise, right? Yeah, I'm 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 being a bit, you know, mutually inclusive here. Where just like I'd be interested in more movies in this world. Also, I appreciate this movie for just being that's it, right? Yeah, but like at the same on the same token, like this movie is so much fun. It's so creative. I think it's one of the most, if not the most creative film i've ever seen right yes. from from a just purely like falls to the wall yeah granting yourself permission yep. this is what we're gonna do f it right yep. like I've, I've never seen a movie like that and i would love to really sink myself into that more and it is like very like in the moment right now right where of course and this is going to be the case for maybe i, I don't know if it's gonna be the rest of our lifetime but like for a while right that comic book movies, primarily Marvel films, are going to be the most popular franchise, yeah. whatever, for a while. That is right? our generation's Western. That's exactly. That's a good. That's a good way to put it. And so their thing right now is multiverse and all these different realities converging. Right. It's it's been going on, uh, for the for the past few of their films and television shows. Right. Yeah. And so of course, yeah. And now like there's a movie that goes into that concept right right and so it's very in style to do that but the way that this movie does it i think is still very very creative and a lot of fun and i would just like for there to be more of an exploration into like how the world works and maybe that is a direct correlation and causation of the lack of exploration of the rules and establishments of this world of this movie now like i said before that the movie is not so much focused on that. 
the movie is much more focused on like Evelyn's emotional journey and the backdrop for that is this crazy multiverse convergence point where uh there's an everything bagel that is synonymous so with a black funny, hole. So funny, so funny. It's I, a black hole. I was wheezing laughing at the everything bagel and then like like bringing the metaphors of like the chaos of the everything yeah. bagel into that was so funny. And the idea of the everything bagel which is actually a black hole is I just put everything <laughs> on a bagel and I mean <laughs> everything right but that's so a, funny. But that's a story that grants itself maximum permission yeah, yeah. Right? and it's and and i and i buy that instantly yeah. that, that, that that's not a problem you know what I, I just had a moment i just had a me, moment in my mind Ooh, you know that's exciting and, and part of it too that i appreciate about this film as well is it reminded me just now of a television show that we have watched that does grant itself absolute maximum permission rick and morty Oh, okay. But good. the reason that I'm drawing this comparison, yeah. and I appreciate this movie oh, so much, freaking more than Rick and yeah. Morty, is how much Rick and Morty, uh, sort of dumbs itself down to like dick jokes, yeah, and poop jokes, yeah, and just gross jokes, right? Right. And there are some like gr- grotesque, like funny moments in this film too, but it isn't the linchpin of like the comedy. Uh, and right. granting yourself of the permission, you know, for this film, right? The creativity of it is not, ha it's a, it's a plumbus. It's a weird, gross-looking right. thing. That's the joke, right? Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I guess I appreciate I this movie for, that. like, giving itself maximum permission, but also, in a sense, just being wacky with it. And yeah. I think it's actually even wackier when it doesn't dumb itself down to, like, uh, potty humor. Is what right. I'm trying to say. I so like I appreciate the movie for that. Is what I, I wanted I do, to say. I do wonder though. Are we very slowly, uh, you know, uh, ushering ourselves into this next generation of um infinite possibilities media, um, uh-huh. where we're seeing a lot more uh in film and television this yeah. idea of um making up a concept where you can do literally anything that you want to tell what the story that you're telling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and using that as a vehicle to tell in, in, in this instance, a, a story about a mother and a daughter. Yeah. Um, and a story about a mother and her respective husband and the story about a mother and her father. Right. 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 But like telling those stories through this lens of you can do literally whatever you want in the world. Just yeah. make it up and it's possible. Yeah. Um, although I kind of like that, I, I do think that that's going to get, um, tiresome eventually, sure. uh, but I don't think we're done with it. I th- yeah, I think that there's more. And I horizon. hope we're not done with it. Yeah. And like once again, it's the same sort of thing where like I-, I I still find multiverse stuff interesting. There's a play called Constellations, for example. I yes. forgot who it's written by, yes. but it, it explores that it's that sort of thing of like there are these different realities of how these two people could have met and how they explore their relationship with one another, and it. And it's a beautiful, absolutely gorgeous love story. Nick Payne. Thank you, Nick Payne. And I, I think like Jake Gyllenhaal did a production of it somewhere like really? significant oh, that's too. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I may be wrong on that. I'm gonna look that up. Hey, but go ahead, like, go ahead. but once again, it's it's still interesting, right? Yeah. And this is just this movie is just one approach to that concept. It's not one the one and only approach. Yeah. Is what I'm. Trying to say, but I will say at the same on the same token. Even though this movie was a lot of fun, shit, it was kind of tiring. 
it, it, it's it is, so freaking it fast and it movie. beats the living shit out of you. Yeah. Like, not only just emotionally, because there are like five different climaxes at once uh, at the end, but also it's moving so fast and it just never stops. It's like, holy freaking cow. It's like you just snorted yes. cocaine and then like, hey, I have some heroin too. Do you want to also just take a couple of shots with me? Like, that's this movie. Yeah, it's true. The uh, it, it, it is definitely an exhausting movie and, and, and I'll only get into it if you are... Uh, um, in an emotional place where you can I can actually do that. Um, I was correct. Also, Jake Gyllenhaal did a production of Constellations. There are these beautiful stills from it too. Wow! Good. Listen, audience, you should read Constellations. It's such a good. It's, it's such, such a, a great good play. play. Um, okay, so Danny, how long do you think that it would take to not write but to uh, film this movie? Because oh God! It is uh, a very interesting little tidbit. It would take a while. It would take months. It would take multiple yeah. months yeah, for right? sure. Uh, I, because like you're bouncing between so many sets, right? And yeah. so and yeah, so many sets. Right. The thing is too, like even I mean, though, costumes alone in this movie. I'm that's sure that's true. Um, the costumes months. were fantastic. God, oh my God! Props to the costume designer. Holy I shit! Know. It was awesome. All the costumes, but um. So here's the thing that awesome even about though all the Lin styles too, the, just the different styles. We'll get to say, that. We'll yeah. get to that. But but. That um, shit. What was the question? <laughs> how long did it take how long did it take? How long did it take to actually uh, film it? So even though it's a multiversal sort of like story, like there are a few stories that kind of stick themselves to right. Yeah. The reality where uh, Evelyn becomes a kung fu master is a very prominent one, and she because a kung fu, kung fu master movie star is like one right. reality that they really sink their teeth into, and like the Rakakuni reality is another one that they really sink their teeth into. It's it's some of those, but like even with right. that being said, like I would say, just strictly filming, three four months. Um, that's a that's a good guess. Cute. Uh, no. Okay. Close. Okay, but what is it then? Uh, they did it in under forty days. Under forty days. Under forty days. That is that is impressive. Yes, absolutely. And uh, like, I mean, if you just think, like you said, just settings alone, yeah. they did most of it uh, in like the same, like 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 general radius. Like they they were they were just kind of in the desert for, for a lot of it and, and just yeah. used their surroundings. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, it, it took years to, for pre-production. To plan. Oh my God. And yeah. To, and to plan and to write God, it. To be part of the production team but, for, for this, for this movie. God bless you. Yeah. Seriously. I, I, I can't, I cannot even imagine how, well, how especially cause like movie. there are shots where there are literally shots in this film that are only one frame. Right. One freaking frame right. that like all these like one is like you just have a shot of Evelyn's head and then it goes through like 50 different realities mm -hmm. and each of those are just one frame. Right. Yeah. And then there's also like a small animated portion as well. There's a moment in the film where Joy is holding an object and it flips between 20 different things. Like, yeah, it's like the amount of like set construction and deconstruction and then yeah. visual effects to sort of blend everything together holy shit yeah how do you plan that I have no and idea. then and then to think of it like think of it you think of it as a director like oh my god where are we in this film like even if, even if you wrote it you're like holy shit like this is like what am i juggling here right. and then as an actor i'm like where am i right now right what am i experiencing what are my given circumstances I, at this moment that, that, that's what i about to say is i cannot believe how difficult Michelle Yeoh's job must have been. 
God, yeah. I mean, yeah. Goodness gracious, like how does a person? And a di- honestly, a difficult job for all of the actors. Yeah. And so, with that being considered, I like I think ask. they all do a very, very good job. I think, like Michelle Yeoh, fantastic. Ki Hui Kwan, my gold medal. I was about to ask if that was your gold medal. That's my gold medal too. I, well, I mean, it's a treat because also we we have the context of he hasn't done, he hasn't been in a film in, I think, like twenty years yeah. or so. Right, since like or Indiana like Jones two side. and the Goonies, right? Like right. he's helped with other films, right? Yeah. He helped with In the Mood for Love. Oh no, no, yeah, sorry, sorry, no, sorry. No, that's no, a misquote. That's a misquote. That's a misquote. He helped that director whose name I am forgetting, who directed In the Mood for Love. Gotcha. Uh, with with another film. Uh, and you know, and this is also once again like a love letter to other films as well. Like there's a, that portion of the film where it's that reality where Evelyn is a kung fu master movie star, and then her and Wayman from that reality have a conversation in an alleyway clear, like even, even in terms of color and shot composition and like pacing, like clear inspiration from in the mood for love, which I chef's kiss, right? Mm. Of course for me, of course. But um, yeah. And, and Stephanie Shu, for example, like did she do the best job in the world? No, I don't think so. But I think that's one of the most difficult characters I've ever seen. Yep. Yep, yep. Because, like, how do you... It's also just structurally, properly, you know, how do you properly motivate a character who firmly believes nothing matters? Right. How do you make that, you know, believable for yourself and for the audience who's receiving it? Yeah. And part of that is, like, maybe that character wasn't as fleshed out writing-wise as probably she could have been. Right. I think that's fair to say. I've only ever seen this movie once, so it's difficult to, like, firmly say it. But I, I think that's that's a distinct possibility. Right? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I think that you hit the nail on the head right there, Danny, with um, specifically with how do you write, direct or act a character that their motivation is convincing people that there is none. Um, that is such a tricky balance. And I think that, a, you know, the first thing that pops in my mind is Joker, is, is, is Heath Ledger's Joker, is... Uh, someone that is not moral or immoral but amoral that just doesn't give a fuck that's just like they're off doing their own thing and like uh all possibilities are accepted yeah um limitless bradley cooper um as good as it gets jack nicholson as good as it gets jack nicholson um (laughs) gotta bring it back around right uh so i think that one of the big differences is that um you have to acknowledge that in this script, the script that they wrote of uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, the character does not actually think nothing matters. Yeah. The character claims nothing matters. Yeah. But they don't believe that. Yeah. And you can tell in the script, the way they wrote it, as well as the, the, the eventual outcome of the movie, and specifically, um, I think also in, in, in Stephanie Hsu's performance, I think she actually did do a decent job of making it clear that... Yeah. That she doesn't actually think nothing matters. Like, she believes that nothing matters, but, like, her actions right. sort of say otherwise of, like, constantly her, trying to yeah. go after her mother. Her, right? her, still, her natural instinct is is telling her that she still cares about things. Yeah. Um, which, but that's so difficult to play. Exactly. That's so difficult to play. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I, I still am, am right there. Although, there's definitely a part of me that... Uh, there were a couple moments that I, I didn't quite buy into Stephanie Shu's performance. I didn't have a 
a suggestion, if that makes any sense. If I was directing it, I would be like, yeah, I'm not really sure if I like that too much. But the problem is I don't really know what I want to do instead. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how to fix that. That's true. It's one of those cases where I'm like, you, you see something happen, you're like, ah, I'm not the biggest fan, but like, yeah. I, how would I even do that? And like, and like if, if I'm going to give a note without a suggestion, then I probably shouldn't be giving the note, a.k.a. I, there's no note to give. I, I don't know what I would have said. Um, well, that, well the, the note would have to be like you give it to another actor, right? right? You give a note to a different actor so they do something differently. So Stephanie Shu's so maybe performance can, yeah. is informed by whatever she's receiving. We, we can definitely agree that anything that Stephanie Shu could have could have changed would have been more of a rehearsal process type thing than, yes, than yes. a – An exploration of yeah, the character. Than a material thing. Because yeah. in terms of like a material or product-based performance – the the product was beautiful. It's just a matter of like foundational stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, that, and and just exploration. Yeah, it's just time yeah, to yeah. really sink your teeth into that character, and just be in the body, be in the body of that character. Yeah, right? or or I think another really really tricky one that I think that if they had more than forty days, probably would have made a big difference as well is. And that's 40 days you... of just filming. That's not considering, like, any sort of rehearsal time. Right, right. I mean, I'm sure they had rehearsals. There's no way they didn't. I would hope so. But um, how do you fully express to an actor or fully challenge an actor to grant themselves the amount of unlimited possibility as the writing and directing did? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do like, you, how do you grant the actor that permission? Well, also because you could just say I give you that permission, but like <laughs> speaking from an actor, I'm like okay, like I don't. Yeah. Also, what does that look like? What does that feel like? There's no version of a storyboard of this movie that fully explains to the actor what it's going to look like. You know what I mean? Yeah. So because because this movie, although the story is not a revolutionary story by any means, we can agree that there were some fairly revolutionary images in terms of like the, the the things that I saw on screen were different than really anything that I've seen before or uh, the, the attempt at, a th- at at things, right? I mean, for instance, the, the, I mean, we keep coming back to like the rock moment or the sausages or the uh, Rekakuni or the whatever it was, right? Are things that I've never seen before and I don't really know exactly what you mean if you're trying to explain it to me. Like I have to see it first. Um, and because of that, I... I feel like that would have been one of the biggest challenges if I was directing these actors is how do I really explain to them what their job is at this point or what it is I'm, I'm trying to convey or what story they're trying to convey. Yeah. Um, because, oh, and that's two-minute two warning. Two-minute warning. Look two at that. Warning. Look at wow. that. Easy as that. Um, so I don't necessarily know how I would have approached this. I think that now having watched the movie – I bet if they were to say, okay, we've watched the movie. This is what the movie looks like. Stephanie Shu, we're going to go back and do another 40 days and remake the entire movie all over again. The movie would look dramatically different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Now knowing, oh, that's what you wanted that moment to look like. That that gives me a whole different understanding of what you were trying to go for there. Because yeah. words can't express most of the things that you see in this movie is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, Danny, what are your final thoughts on this movie? It's a great movie. You should watch this movie. I want I want I want to see this movie a second time. Yeah. Right? Like I totally do. I don't think it's a perfect movie. I think there are like some just structural issues with it. Uh, that I think we properly explored in the in the conversation for this episode, of course. But uh, I also want to slip in there because I don't think we talked about this enough. 
Heady play. That's right. The segment hasn't been here in a very long oh. time. It's a heady play, a smart move. The constant changing of the aspect ratios. Ah, uh, yes. Love to see yes, more films I agree. do that. I agree. It was really, really cool. And the way they transitioned too was yeah. slick. And have that be part of like thematic and like emotional moments and yes. explorations for the protagonist. Yeah. Uh, big thing for me. I think All that right. that should be ushered into realism too. I I, yeah. I don't think that should be there, there should be a limit on that. Yeah, I don't think that should just be a stylistic thing. That should I think just be a that tool. should just be a tool for yeah. movie-making storytelling. Yeah. Mac, what are your thoughts? Um, I, uh, I I love the movie. Um, I think that uh, whether or not it ends up being one of your favorite movies, I think that you are absolutely batshit if you can't acknowledge that this is uh, definitely one of the better better movies in terms of execution that's ever been made. Um, now, is it top list? No. It, does it rival something like Parasite for me? I know that we're coming back to that that, that, that reference. Um, no. Uh, does it rival something like In the Mood for Love? Oh, dang it. That's another Asian-led movie. But, I, I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're all very, very good, you know? Um, but those are like no. three. I mean, listen. We've three seen the three Asian-led movies, yeah. and those are three near-perfect, if not perfect, movies. Right. Right. I think this is the, the worst of them, but I, I don't think that that takes it out of the top 100. I think it probably, it, it, in, 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 for, in, my, in my eyes, it's an easy top 50. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so, Danny, next yeah. week, yeah. this is what we're consuming. Okay. Get out. No, I'm kidding. Uh, us. We're watching Us. The next Jordan Peele movie. Uh, the, 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 the next uh, Jordan Peele fran- franchise classic. Um, we are going to be consuming that prior to our eventual viewing of Nope, as well as uh, some other Jordan Peele media because i really want to make sure that we see some of his before we dive into nope thank you sir thank you